Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast with Aaron Crowley. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, that's me, <laughs> your host. I'm also the husband of one wife, going on 23 years. I'm the father of six kids, oldest 19, youngest three, and I'm the owner of one little old fab shop in Tualatin, Oregon. And so when I say fellow fabricators, I do mean fellow fabricators. And ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't be more excited to be behind the Fab Lab podcast mic in my little home studio today. I'm not at the shop. I'm not in the office. I'm recording this topic, this episode, um, because it has great relevance. It has great importance. And I care very much that all of us maximize the opportunities that we have, that we maximize the time that we have, that we get the absolute most benefit out of these businesses that we've started and make the, the, the maximum positive impact on our lives in and out of the business. And so today, we have to talk about this subject, can, should, must. What can we do, what should we do, and what must we do in the business? Now, you may be starting to think that I'm going to give you specific examples of all the things you can, should, and must do in your business, and that isn't the case. <laughs> I'm going to come at this from a very unique perspective. It isn't possible for me, or for anyone for that matter, to speak that specifically into somebody else's business. It's just not possible. Even though we're in the same industry, even though we have the same type of businesses, what we can, should, and must do is so unique to our specific situation that to suggest that or to imply that or to speak to that would be uh, would be malpractice uh, podcasting, if you will. What I want to do in this episode is I want to come at this from a unique angle because a lot of times we are presented with opportunities um, we're presented with decisions that we have to make or we think we have to make. And I want to give us a framework for how to evaluate those so that we can differentiate between the things that uh, we we can do, differentiate between the things we should do, and to know the things that we must do. So this is, in a sense, a, um, an overview to give us insight so that as we are confronted with opportunities, if we, we're confronted with situations, we can consciously and purposefully evaluate them for maximum positive impact in our business and maximum positive impact in our lives. Because here's the risk. If we're not consciously aware, if we're not purposefully going about this business, if, if we're not keyed in on the fact that we're going to be confronted with opportunities and people are going to be telling us things that we should do, we stand to either make bad decisions that don't serve our businesses and our lives well, or, or and that's kind of at the extreme end, or, or we make decisions that take us away or delay what we ultimately want to accomplish. And so we're going to talk about these three aspects in a sense of decision-making or actions, you know, decisions that we have to make, actions that we have to take in the roles that we fill as owners of our fab shops. And so we're going to delve right into that. I want you to just be paying really close attention to this and, uh, and, and consider this as you go forward. And so number one, can. We're going to look at these three aspects, can, should, and must. What can I do in my business? So this really begins, in a sense, a conversation that I had. I was contacted by a stone industry professional who had an opportunity. And he uh, and I were having this conversation. He, in a sense, wanted, to, wanted a consultation of sorts to, for me to be a sounding board, for me to give him my opinion, my perspective about this opportunity and whether or not it was something he should pursue or not. And as I was asking questions, as we were having this conversation, I was poking and prodding and trying to get to the heart of this. Why, why is this guy even considering this opportunity? Why is he stuck having to make this decision? And it finally came out after a bunch of questions. He said, I can do this. I think I can do this. I went, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And he said, 
and I think I can succeed. I can be successful in this role. And I went, oh, interesting. Now, I'm going to set this up here. I then posed a question to him that I'm going to actually reference later on in the podcast. I'm not going to mention it now because it would sort of it would it would disrupt the flow and it would delay in a sense take away from this first topic of what we can do. But this individual was considering this opportunity. At the end of the day, it was because he thought he could do it, that he could succeed. He said, I can do this, I can succeed at this. And oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, this is very true about the decisions and the opportunities that we are confronted with in our business. Oftentimes, we are, you know, we have an opportunity to make a decision simply out of convenience. It appears and we go, oh, well, I'll do this because I can. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at this from a financial standpoint. This is just one example of many to kind of Frame this in such a way so that you're aware the next time a decision confronts you, the next time an opportunity is presented to you, do you want to pursue it simply because it's convenient and simply because it's there? Is that sufficient justification to make a decision or to pursue an opportunity? So let's just say you get to the end of the year, made a bunch of money. CPA says, hey, we might want to talk about uh, limiting our taxable income. Let's spend you got all this money, you can spend it and reduce your tax liability. Or maybe you've got great credit and maybe you've got a great credit line or maybe you have the ability to borrow a bunch of money. And so the fact that you can finance a piece of equipment, does that mean that it's a good decision? Because you can afford to buy a vehicle with cash, which would be great. Is that in and of itself sufficient justification to actually make the decision? And very often we find ourselves wrestling with decisions, wrestling with opportunities, simply we feel like we, we, we have to deal with them, we have to consider them, we have to entertain them simply because we can. And I want to propose to you, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, that simply because we can is not necessarily a good reason to make a decision or to pursue an opportunity. Here's another dynamic of this. Let's just say you have a business, a fab shop that does high volume commercial, which would be great. You got everything set up to do that. You make countertops on a high volume commercial basis. And then an opportunity comes your way to do a museum quality custom home. Now, can you do this? Well, yeah, your equipment can cut the slabs for that job. Can your polishers polish it? Sure. Can you template it? Of course. You have all the means to do that. But does that mean that it's the best decision for you? Now, the reverse of this could be true. You do remodeling, you do custom high-end work, and then a commercial opportunity comes your way, and it looks like all you have to do is say yes, and the project is yours. Wow! All of a sudden, all the entertaining, all the evaluation, all the research, all the discussion, all of the imagining of what this is going to be like comes into play and takes over. But the fact that that opportunity has presented itself, the fact that you can, the fact that you have the means to do this, is that sufficient reason to do it? And I would tell you that it's not, and that we need to be careful, we need to be on guard, we need to be looking out for this dynamic in our business, because we're going to be confronted with decisions, and we're going to have opportunities that are sprouting up all the time. But simply because there's there, doesn't mean that 
they're the right decision for us to make. So that's number one. We want to be really careful about not making decisions simply because we can, simply because it's convenient and it's there. Now that leads me to the second point, the decisions, the opportunities that we should make. This is a little bit different dynamic here, a little bit more emotion involved in this one. And I'm going to have to step on some toes to get to work through this, but it's important because it's relevant and it's real. Oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, we find ourselves wrestling, considering, working through decisions because other people think we should. Now, when I said I'm going to step on toes, here's the the toes I'm going to step on. Trade associations are notorious for this. They're great. I endorse them. They're fabulous. It's an opportunity for birds of a feather to flock together, to share good information with each other, to learn, to grow, to be challenged. Those are all fantastic reasons to be part of a trade association. But here's the risk. This has worked for me, which means it'll work for you. And because it's worked for me, you should do this too. Oftentimes we find ourselves on the receiving end of that external voice, that external influence telling us. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's right in our face. Oh, you should be doing this. And because birds of a feather flock together, because of herd mentality, and and don't hear me, it's not a criticism, I'm not demeaning trade associations, I'm just telling you this dynamic exists, and we have to be on guard, we need to be watching out for this. Now they may be right, it's possible that people that have found a certain opportunity, a certain technique, a certain way of doing business to work for them, that, that it would work for you too, but simply because it might work for you, Does that mean that you should? Now, sometimes we consider making decisions because other people think we should, and in the end, they didn't work for us. They wouldn't have worked for us. They couldn't have worked for us because our businesses are too different. That's why the stakes are so high. That's why I risk stepping on toes because you got to be careful. you got to understand. you got to be aware that there are voices speaking to you all the time. This is what you should do. Now, those voices might be in your head because of your past experiences, ideas that you've formed, beliefs that you have that inform you. And in your own head, you're saying, I should do this. I should be doing that. I should think about this. I should consider that. You've got to be careful of those too. We want to be making decisions not because people think that we should, but because they make the most sense and they serve a larger purpose in the business. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Now, I, here, here's an example of this. I have avoided the topic of buying a building for this very reason. We bought a building about four years ago. It's been an absolutely phenomenal and wonderful asset. I wish I would have bought a building sooner. I wish my mind had been expanded sooner than it was to have pursued this opportunity and taken advantage of it. But I have resisted the temptation to talk about that because I didn't want to imply. I didn't want to be one of those voices that tells you, fellow fabricator, well, because I did it, you should too. And because this has been great for me, it'll be great for you. Because it may not be. It could be, but it also may distract, it actually could take away, what if it puts you in a position of great you know, potential risk? And so we, we need to just be aware that vo- well-intentioned, good-intentioned voices are telling you all the time the things that you should do. Well, you should go digital. Oh, I should? Well, you should buy a building, you know, for example. Oh, I should? You should do this. You should do that. You should consider this. Oh, you should go after this type of business. Oh, I should? 
Well, in the end, it may prove to be true, but that in and of itself is not a sufficient justification or reason to do things in your business, to take actions in your business. We got to be really careful. We got to be on guard. Now, I want to I want to pivot a little bit here, and 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 look at this should topic from a kind of a unique perspective. And I want to give credit where credit's due. This dynamic helps, in a sense, to segue into the third point that we want to do: the work that we must do. Differentiating between that which we can, that which we are told we should, and that which we must—the work we actually must do in the business. This is a segue. There are another type. There's another type of should. In our businesses. Now, see if this if this resonates with you, because these are a couple of examples from my own experience. I have been saying for years, man, we really should have a maintenance program. We should have a formal, efficient, effective maintenance program for the vehicles and the equipment in the business. And we do an okay job of maintaining them, but we don't do as good a job as I think we should. <laughs> Yet I've been saying that for years, and we make no progress. Hmm. Here's another one. We need more retail leads. What we really should do is improve and enhance and really develop fully our referral system. I have been saying that we should do that for years. And yet, here we are, December 2nd, 2020. Has it happened? No, it happened. It hasn't. Now, why is that? Now, here's giving credit where credit's due. I've learned this distinction from Tony Robbins. I listened to his, uh, his, his, his audio book, Awaken the Giant Within, and then I listened to Unleash the Power Within, and now I'm reading Unlimited Power, and I'm telling you, this is really expanding my horizons. It's stretching me greatly, and I'm learning a lot. But the reason that those type of shoulds don't get done is because they haven't been connected to a must. They haven't risen to the level of being connected to something so important that they have to get done. They're simply a should, and because they're simply a should, they never get done. So how do I move from that place of, of, of subconsciously and in some cases consciously recognizing the need that I should have a maintenance program, that we should have a referral system. How do I move out of saying we should to the actual act, decision-making, and, and, and focus that will actually make those come to pass so that they actually happen? How do I move that from a should to a must? Because once it's a must, then it gets done. So that leads us to this third point. How do we know the work that we must do? How do we differentiate in all the opportunities, all the decisions that must be made, all the noise, all the voices, all the options? How do we see through all of that to determine, okay, this is something I must do. That can wait. That I can ignore. That I can postpone. That I can laugh off. This I must do. That's the question, ladies and gentlemen. How do we avoid, if we can consciously avoid spinning our wheels, taking rabbit trails, having delays on things that we could do simply because it was convenient or things that other people said we should do, how do we strip all that away and focus on the things that we must do? If we can do that, we're going to accomplish a whole lot more. So how do we do that? How do we answer this question? How do I know what I must do in my business? Well, here's the answer to that question. It's the question that I asked that individual that I was consulting with. When he told me, I can do this. When he told me, I can succeed at this. And I went, oh, he's considering this option simply because it's convenient and it's there. And he thinks that he can. And here's what I told him. I said, you know what? 
I absolutely believe you can do this. There is not a shadow of doubt in my mind that you being who you are, not only can, but that you will succeed if you pursue this opportunity. But let me ask you a question. Got quiet. Okay. Do you want to pursue this opportunity? Ooh, dead silence on the other side of the line. He didn't see that one coming. Do you want to pursue this opportunity? And, and, and that is not, all of us, myself included, need to be asking that question. We need other people to be asking that question of us. Hey, yeah, all this opportunity, it sounds great. Oh, this decision, oh, this. Does this serve what you want? And that's the essence of this. By starting with that question, what do I want? It is only after we ask that question can we determine what we must do. Because until we have defined, until we have been explicit, until we have evaluated and considered and thought long and hard and written down what it is we want in this life, what it is we want in this business, and what it is we want out of this business, until we've done that, we can't determine what we must do because it's all up to the moment. It's all up to what's convenient. We're going to be more likely to do what we can do. We're going to be more likely to do what we should do because there's nothing else that supersedes that that drives it, that gives us a, a, a clarity, a value, if you will. This serves what I want. This doesn't. This serves what I want. Oh, that takes me away from it. This distracts from it. When we take the time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the very essence of <laughs> this question, and it's going to become the actual subject of the very next episode, how to go about determining what it is that we want in our lives. How do we go about determining what it is we want in our business? We're going to answer that question in the next episode. But for this question, for this episode, it informs what we must do. Let me give you an example. I was sitting in my office contemplating time off. And this is a this is an indication having pursued this, having been implementing this, having been really actively putting these principles to work, the ep, you know the episode that we did last week, the role that the business plays, does it serve my life and realizing okay, I got to build a business that serves my life outside of work. Now if I can do that, what do I want to do outside of work? Well, I was thinking about time off. How do I become more intentional about my time off? What are some things that are really important and quite frankly, absolutely necessary. Actually, it's a different way to ask that question. What are some important things that our family needs to do as a family? Things that we want to do. Well, those things that we want to do have become things that we must do because time is short. The kids are growing up. Time cannot be recovered. Okay, so these are some things we must do. So I began asking the question, this is something that I want I've determined it's something that I must do. Now I'm able to ask the question, what must I do to make that happen? Does, it, does that make sense? You start with what you want, and it ultimately informs what you must do to see it happen, to accomplish it. So we've got to be explicitly clear. We've got to be very, very, very clear on what it is that we want. Quite frankly, we've got to be uncomfortably clear. This should be making us awkward. This should be making us uncomfortable. Oh, man, you're asking me to... Look within. You're asking me to actually stop long enough to consider some things that I want that maybe have eluded me up to this point, and I don't really want to confront that. But ladies and gentlemen, until you answer that question, 
we can't determine what it is that we must do. And until we know what we must do, we're much more likely to find ourselves doing things out of convenience because we can or doing things because other people have told us that we should. We have no other counter value to inform us. And so by default, we take these rabbit trails. By default, we take these risks. By default, we spin our wheels. And by default, we wind up doing things that maybe, in the end, we wish we hadn't done. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you the answer to this question. we got to be aware. we got to be conscious. We've got to be on guard. We can't fall into the trap of simply existing, of going through the motions, of getting into the routine, of just doing it, doing it, doing it, because this is how we've always done it. If we want to get the most out of our fab shops, if we want these fab shops to realize their maximum potential, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fab shop owner, I'm telling you right now, and quite frankly, if you're a supervisor, quite frankly, if you're an operating line employee, you should be asking this question too. What do I want in my life? Because when you answer that question, what you must do becomes a whole lot clearer and makes it a whole lot easier to pass on those convenient opportunities To be able to say, hey, I'm glad that that's working for you, but you know what? For me, (laughs) that would actually take me away from what I am pursuing. And I got to get about pursuing what I want, not what you want for yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, can, should, must. Resist the temptation to get bogged down considering opportunities Dealing with decisions simply because they're convenient and simply because you could pursue them or accomplishment. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, be on guard. Don't dismiss it out of hand. If somebody is telling you something's working in their business, it probably bears listening to. Their motivation is probably very pure and it's out of concern for you. They simply want to share what's working with them. That's great. Quite frankly, that's my motivation for the Fab Lab podcast. I'm simply sharing things with you that have worked for me. But you've got to be the one to determine whether or not that is worth considering or not. And simply because I'm telling you you should do this isn't sufficient justification to go ahead and do it. We need to do work that we must do. So when we connect this, when I am able to connect the referral system in our retail sales office, when I am able to connect that directly to the outcome that the business produces, which serves the things that I want outside of life, i.e. my vacation time, then all of a sudden it's not something I should do. It's something I must do because it is what's going to provide that in my life. If I can connect the maintenance program, if I can connect the downtime and the expense of repairs as being something that stands in the way of me accomplishing what I want in the business and what I accomplish through the business in my life outside of the business, as soon as I can connect that, All of a sudden, instead of saying, we should have a maintenance program, it's going to rise to the level of being a must. We must figure this out. We must diminish these costs. We must reduce these delays because of equipment that's not operating. We can't afford to do that, so we must solve this problem. That's this hierarchy. That's the way that this works in the real world sense. So that for me, that's how it plays out. And for you, it'll look different. The decisions, the shoulds, and the musts are going to be different in your businesses, but they ultimately must serve what it is that you want in your life and what you want in your business and what you want your business to do so that it serves your life, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators. Now, to that point, while I'm on a roll, if you want clarity, efficiency, 
and all the information on a job available to everybody in your company, you must consider moving to an online management system for your business so that all your quoting, all of your scheduling, and all the information is available online for all of your staff. And you can schedule a free online demo at moreaware.com because moreaware.com is going to be the place where you're going to find the software that was developed for stone fabricators exclusively for stone fabricators to run their businesses more efficiency more more efficiently with more clarity with fewer delays fewer interruptions you know less looking for files because they've been stuck under a stack of other files you should contact you see what I've done here if you want clarity and efficiency in your fab shop you must consider an online option for managing your quotes and managing your schedule. You can schedule a free online demo at moreaware.com today. So you should contact them. You should get in contact with them. If you are currently using a paper, <laughs> sort of an old school system, and you want to move beyond that, you want to excel. Now, I know this is tongue-in-cheek because it's the exact opposite of everything I've just told you. <laughs> but Moreware is a sponsor. We've used Moreware in our fab shop for at least 15 years now. And if you'd like to make that transition, I'm suggesting that you consider Moreware.com. They've been a sponsor of the Fab Lab podcast. They've made this podcast possible. And I would like to ask you to support them. So if you haven't, visit Moreware.com and check out their online demos today. Now, with that, ladies and gentlemen, Make sure you check back next week. We're going to just, we've just scratched the surface of this topic of what you want, how to go about determining what it is you want in your life so that you can then turn around and build a business that makes that possible. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in next week. And until then, happy fabricating.